नमस्ते सरस्वती देवी गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेष सुन्नवादी पाश्चात्य 
शील हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णाफुलपाद लीला मेहता प्लीज रेज यू वेरी गुड सो शील प्रभुपाद when you read shila prabhupada's life story prabhupada's biography which has been very wonderfully documented by one of prabhupada's very exalted disciple satsuru goswami maharaj actually you can see what a what an outstanding personality shila prabhupada is his a great personality you can see him Actually, you can see a great personality from the very, very beginning of his life, actually, and that's what Shri Prabhupada's life was. From his childhood, you can see what an extraordinary individual, what an what an extraordinary spiritual personality he was. And in order to reveal shila prabhupada's actual identity i'll even go back say about 500 years back how many of you are familiar with sri chaitanya mahaprabhu very good how many you how many of you are acquainted how many of you are aware of a very wonderful prediction that sri chaitanya mahaprabhu made that what is that prediction already some hands went up <laughs> let's hear what is that prediction that his very close associate will come who will spread the holy name in every town and village all over the world yeah well but i was actually thinking of some other more prominent prediction how many of you know that prediction yes dwar pradesh every town and village wonderful uh, every town and village what <laughs> yes the chanting of the holy name huh? meaning chanting of hare krishna mahadev yeah go ahead please hare krishna hare hare that this huh, movement of chanting the holy name of the lord will spread all over the world how many years back shri chaitanya mahaprabhu made that prediction about 500 years ago 500 years ago these people know how many continents were there in this planet huh? at that time columbus just discovered america australia was practically completely unknown so people didn't didn't even know how many plan how many continents were there in this planet at that time shri chaitanya mahaprabhu made that prediction that this movement will spread in every town and village wasn't it an impossible prediction huh? like in every town and village it will spread all over the world and today 
do we see that it has happened if not uh, completely literally but did it happen did it spread all over the world yes. so uh, like you can see what an impossible prediction has become a reality krishna consciousness movement has spread all over the world although it didn't reach in every town and village but it has practically spread all over the world how many of you travel quite extensively and wherever you go do you happen to see krishna consciousness movement yes yes i travel very extensively and not only i see the movement i stay in the movement <laughs> and this is how this movement has spread all over the world this impossible prediction also has become a reality in an impossible way literally in an impossible way a 70 year old man came from india to america without a single penny in his pocket just consider a 70 year old man coming and that also not flying in a jumbo jet or airbus 380 <laughs> but he came in a cargo ship traveling through the atlantic over a month he arrived in america would you ever dare to go to some place without any any money in your pocket where you don't even know anybody some totally unknown place how many of you dare to venture in an adventure like that would you did you ever try it then give it a try <laughs> <laughs> literally going to a new a country like america coming from india to america literally penniless no money at all all he had is 40 rupees in his pocket how many of you are, how many of you are from india here have you seen what even today was the value of indian rupees in america Can you go to the bank and change Indian rupees? I am asking you. No. Yes. And 50 years back the situation was even worse. Indian currency didn't have any value whatsoever. So he came to America literally without any money in his pocket. He didn't even know when he was going to go, where he was going to stay, what he was going to eat. How many of you are vegetarians here? Practically all of you. Like if you don't make prior arrangements, can you possibly have your food here? Huh? Nowadays still better, quite a few vegetarian and vegan restaurants are there, but I can tell you in 50 years back, people didn't even know what vegetarian meant. People used to think that vegetarian meant 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 just salad and grass 
<laughs> and that to withdraw. <laughs> so, in that condition, Srila Prabhupada came here. And then he started this Krishna consciousness movement. He, from New York, fortunately, a son of his acquaintance who was aware of his arrival made some arrangement to receive him in the New York port. And that agent of a travel agency received Srila Prabhupada and put him in a bus that was going to take him to Butler, a small little town called Butler in Pennsylvania. Srila Prabhupada just went there, stayed there for a couple of weeks. Srila Prabhupada didn't come to America to just stay in a small little town like Butler. He came with a mission to spread Krishna consciousness. So Srila Prabhupada went to New York. In New York, by the time he made an acquaintance with one Indian doctor, who opened an ashram there, who became a yoga teacher and he had a yoga ashram called Ananda Ashram. Srila Prabhupada stayed there for a few days and then Srila Prabhupada shifted to a place in Bauri, completely run down area. Like condition of Bowdy, one of my godbrothers, American godbrothers from Detroit, he once told me that when they would keep things unkempt in the house, then his mother would say, do you think this is Bowdy? <laughs> so that was the impression of Bowdy <laughs> at that time. Like absolutely run down place. The place was completely you know, anyway, uh, like uh, the place for homeless and drug addicts. And Srila <clears throat> Prabhupada made some acquaintance with some young boys, young Americans. They became attracted to him, attracted to his personality, attracted to his singing, attracted to his, uh, his discourses. And being inspired by Srila Prabhupada, they actually got a place for him, a small little storefront in Bowery, 26 Second Avenue. And there Srila Prabhupada started his mission about 51 years ago. Now, that was in 1966. Srila Prabhupada came to America in 65 and in 66 he actually set up this small little establishment where he used to give lectures on Bhagavad Gita in the evenings. The young boys and girls who were also searching for some positive alternative 
they were looking for some other way of life besides the life that they were leaving I mean rather they were leading rather. and they became attracted to him not because of his teaching so much a discourse on Bhagavad Gita but they became attracted by his music he used to Srila Prabhupada was a wonderful singer and Srila Prabhupada used to chant the Hare Krishna Mahamantra and they used to come they also used to love music but most of them were addicted to drugs they were at most really you all know not most probably I'm sure you all know in the mid 60s they were trying to find the goal of their life and the purpose of their existence through drugs and sex they thought that through that they will receive they will achieve emancipation but coming in contact with Srila Prabhupada they began to realize that that is not the way to develop one's spiritual progress in order to make spiritual progress one must give up all these bad habits and sinful activities what are those sinful activities eating meat taking drugs all kinds of intoxication having immoral relationship illicit sex and gambling those who were trying to lead their life or trying to find their way through drugs and sex coming in contact with Srila Prabhupada they gave it up to the extent of even gave up tea and coffee what to speak of LSD and uh, all kinds of things <laughs> and, <clears throat> and this is how wonderful was Srila Prabhupada's influence and uh, this is how Srila Prabhupada started the movement 51 years ago in 1965 last year we celebrated the 50th anniversary of his call and then in 67 Srila Prabhupada sent some of his disciples to San Francisco to find a similar kind of situation a storefront in the area where the young Americans were merging, converging those days Gold, near Golden Gate Park uh, in Hate, Ashbury so this is how Srila Prabhupada started the movement and, we, and within one year or rather to be more precise I would say within two years time this movement created such a sensation that they started to come up with slogans like stay high forever <laughs> like <clears throat> when you take intoxicants like heavy ones you go high then you crash 
I don't know. I heard. <laughs> so, so the slogan is stay high forever. This is the kind of thing that will take you high but you'll never come down. Rather you'll go higher and higher and higher. And then uh, another explosion, another slogan, Hare Krishna explosion. And in this way, <clears throat> this movement within a very short span of time, within two years time actually, it spread all over America in the major cities of the United States. San Francisco, then Los Angeles, then uh, uh, Denver, Chicago, Boston, then to Toronto, Montreal. It started to spread one after another, uh, this movement. And then three couples, three young couples, went to London. And they thought that now in America it is happening, so now let's take it to UK. They went to London. They also went to London practically in a similar way that Srila Prabhupada came to America. No money, uh, no contacts, no prior arrangements. They just went, these three young couples. And they couldn't fly to London because they didn't have enough money. They, those days there used to be a cheap flight to Luxembourg, Luxia. And they took that flight to Luxembourg from Montreal and then they <coughs> went to Amsterdam and they thought that they would cross the channel and go to London. But they didn't, then they heard, then they got to know that in order to enter into UK, you have to show a certain amount of money per person, per head. So they didn't have that much of money. So they got collected all the money that they had, which was sufficient, which was just enough for one couple to go to London, go across the channel to UK. So one couple went and they wired the money back to Amsterdam <laughs> for the second couple to go and then the third couple to go. They didn't have any uh, place to stay. Fortunately, some generous Indian family allowed them to stay with them. But uh, although they went there to spread the message that Srila Prabhupada came to convey, came to distribute, but they couldn't find anybody interested in that message. Because who would be interested to listen to some Indian philosophy from some young Americans? <laughs> Even that Indian family that they are living with was not interested. 
and when they were quite disappointed one day they saw the a poster the beatles dressed in indian dress those days the beatles were the most most prominent personalities in the world especially in the young crowd with their music they created a practically they created a revolution all over the world with their music and the beatles became interested in indian philosophy the beatles became interested in indian yoga and music so they went to learn yoga from mahesh yogi and sitar from ravi shankar this is how these two personalities became famous in the west actually beatles actually made them famous and they got to know that that what the beatles were actually pursuing those days so they thought that it will be interesting to meet the beatles and probably the beatles will be interested to listen to shri prabhu's message but you can well imagine it was not easy to meet the beatles because they are so prominent whole world wanted to meet them so they naturally if one had to have proper arrangements prior engagements and appointments and so forth now one of them shamshundar one of those three devotees their names were actually i'm sure most of you know uh, shamshundar prabhu gurudas prabhu and mukunda maharaj they were the three boys and their wives malati mataji jamuna mataji and janaki so shamshundar one day just bumped into one of his acquaintances his name was rockskali he was the manager of a famous rock group at the time called the grateful dead so so he asked him oh, what 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 brings you to london and he rockskali told them that uh, he had an appointment with the beatles so <clears throat> so shamshundar asked can you please take me to the beatles he said yes come on such and such day i have my appointment with him so i'll introduce you to him and so shamshundar went with a lot of hope an expectation but rockstar so he tried to go in but the but the gatekeeper when he he asked him whether he had an appointment and when he said he didn't he tried to explain that rockscally actually had the appointment and he is he must be there so he is going to meet with him and so forth so he wouldn't let him in there and when he was reasoning with the gatekeeper this way a white rolls royce drives in and from there comes out yoko ono john lennon's japanese wife and he sees she sees shamshundar dressed in dhoti and kurta 
And she says, you must be a friend of John. He said, yes. <laughs> Come on. So she took him in. So he is waiting inside in the reception area, waiting for Roxcali to come. And at that time, George Harrison just happened to come out. And seeing Shamshuddha sitting there dressed in Indian clothes, he just and shaved head like just an ordinary devotee, uh, regular devotee. Those days, devotee men shaved head. <laughs> we all used to have shaved head and used to wear dhoti kurta. And so Shamshuddha was dressed in that way. So seeing him, George Harrison just walks up to him and says. Where have guys been all this while? I have been looking for you ever since I saw you in San Francisco chanting on the streets. And that's how uh, it all started. Shamshinder and George Harrison became very intimate, very close friends. And Srila Prabhupada came to America, came to London. Prabhupada stayed as a guest of John Lennon in his house and so and then the Beatles actually made, a new, made an album in uh, chant, chanting of Hare Krishna Mahamantra uh, with a song, My Sweet Lord. So in this way by the divine arrangement of Krishna, this movement started to spread in an amazing and an inconceivable way. Uh, and it spread all over the world within the short span of 10 years time. Once Prabhupada told, told us, actually asked me and Prabhupada was speaking to somebody and I happened to be there. And Prabhupada was speaking to somebody and he explained how this movement actually spread in such an amazing way within such a short span of time. Although he just went absolutely helplessly to the West. And then finally Prabhupada actually mentioned <clears throat> that it all happened by the divine arrangement of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, whatever is happening to this movement, the way this movement is expanding, in spite of so many odds, in spite of so many obstacles, this movement is expanding in an inconceivable way. We have to understand that it is happening due to the divine arrangement of the Supreme Personality of God. <clears throat> because if one serves a master with all sincerity, then won't the master help him to execute his service? So Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He is the Supreme Lord. He is the Supreme Master. 
So when somebody tries to serve him with all sincerity, then Krishna makes all the arrangements for him. And Srila Prabhupada's accomplishments is a wonderful example of that fact, that reality. I came in contact with ISKCON movement quite late. I came in contact with ISKCON in 1976 and Srila Prabhupada left this planet in 77. By that time Srila Prabhupada had thousands of disciples and one can well imagine how everyone was dying to have a moment of association of Srila out of a moment's association. Those days it was very difficult to even go close to Srila Prabhupada. I'll give you an example. <clears throat> I became convinced about Krishna consciousness by, by reading one book by Śrīla Prabhupāda called the Nectar Devotion. And just by practically from the very first page, I felt that this is what I was looking for. And I decided to commit myself to this movement. And then I found out that Śrīla Prabhupāda was in America. It was in India that I came in contact with this book. And so I thought that I would go to, I would wait for Srila Prabhupada to come back to India and until then I'll visit the different places where Krishna performed his pastimes, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu performed his pastimes. So thinking that I just went to Mayapur, which is our world headquarters, but those days Mayapur was a small little setup in a remote village in Bengal. And so I was so impressed with the, with the whole environment, whole surrounding that I decided to just stay on. <clears throat> so, and I was waiting for Srila Prabhupada to come back and when Srila Prabhupada came back, like he went to Bombay and then from Bombay he went to Allahabad in the Kumbh Mela. Kumbh Mela is a big spiritual gathering in India, actually the biggest in the world. You get tens of millions of people to join in that spiritual gathering. So Srila Prabhupada was there and we also went to Kumbh Mela from Mayapur, about 30 or 40 devotees together in a bus. And as soon as I arrived, I thought that I just dropped my things uh, in the tent and I wanted to go and see Srila Prabhupada. So when I came to Prabhupada's tent, I found that there was an entrance. There was a walled area, walled by corrugated tin sheets and one 
one Western devotee was guarding the gate. And so when he saw me trying to go there, and he told me that uh, I should actually come in the evening. Uh, Prabhupada will give darshan in the evening, so I should come in the evening. So, little disappointed, I left. And then one uh, devotee from Mayapur, leader of Mayapur, the, the co-director, one of the co-directors, one of the two co-directors of Mayapur, Bhavananda Prabhu, he actually uh, was going to see Srila Prabhupada with a basket full of vegetables that he brought from Mayapur. So seeing me, he said, come, I will, uh, I'm going to Srila Prabhupada, come. So I just followed him and went straight inside and I saw that Srila Prabhupada was sitting inside the tent and so from outside I offered obeisances to Srila and then when I tried to go in <coughs> Rameshwar Maharaj was there at that time he was Prabhupada's secretary so he stopped me he said Prabhupada is taking prasad don't go in Again, disappointed, I left the place and I started to uh, curse myself. Why did I offer obeisances from outside? If I went with Bhavananda, then nobody would have stopped me. So, anyway, so dejected again, I left the place. And that time I realized that it's so difficult to come close to Srila Prabhupada. And I could understand that so many devotees must be wanting to see Srila Prabhupada. And who am I? Just a person who joined the other day. And so I gave up all hopes to meet Srila Prabhupada personally like that. And in the evenings Prabhupada used to give darshan, so I used to go for the darshan. And in the morning there used to be Guru Puja, so I used to go to the Guru Puja. And Prabhupada sometimes would give the Bhagavatam class. So I just attend from a distance, never made any effort to try to go in, go close to Srila Prabhupada. Then one day we got the news, one morning we got the news that Srila Prabhupada was going to leave Kumamela. And I said, I thought, okay, Prabhupada was going to leave. But then Bhavananda Prabhu, who was the co-director of Mayapur at that time, he came to me and he told me that Prabhupada is leaving today. I told him, yes, I heard. And then he told me that Prabhupada will go by train and a small group of devotees also will accompany you, accompany him and you have been included in that team. <laughs> so I literally jumped with joy and so that is how I actually had the good fortune to travel with Srila Prabhupada together in the same train. The arrangement was one uh, first class carriage was hooked on to this Calcutta bound train and Srila Prabhupada was going to travel in that with a small contingency. So his train started at night. The next morning when I was chanting, Bhavananda came to me and said, come I'll take you to Srila Prabhupada. All this while I was dying to meet Srila and now when he came and told me that come and take you to Srila Prabhupada, 
I felt that I was not qualified to go on your ship program. I don't know why I had this feeling that no, I can't go on your ship program. And really, <clears throat> could understand my feeling, so he just took me by my hand, dragged me through the corridor, and opened the door of Shri Prabhupada's compartment and pushed me in. <laughs> so I just fell flat, offering obeisances to Shri Prabhupada. Then when I got up, I saw Prabhupada was looking at me, and Prabhupada said, sit down. So he asked me to sit next to him. In the first class compartments have two rows of seats facing each other. So Prabhupada was sitting in one and in the other one there were Rameshwar Maharaj, Jayapataka Maharaj and Bhavananda Maharaj, three of them. So Prabhupada asked me to sit. So I told Prabhupada I'd rather sit on the floor. Prabhupada said, no, you can sit. And so I just sat there. A blanket was spread over the seat, so I just rolled up the blanket and sat in the corner. And after some initial exchanges, Srila Prabhupada told me, You translate my books into Bengali. And, and that service that Srila Prabhupada gave me gave me the opportunity to come close to Srila Prabhupada. Like, I have the excuse now. Like, I have to show what I wrote, what I translated to Srila Prabhupada. <clears throat> and this is how I had this inconceivable good fortune of coming close to Srila Prabhupada and eventually Srila Prabhupada made me his secretary for Indian affairs. Then eventually I started to work for him. And Prabhupada from Mayapur he went <coughs> he went to Bombay, so we traveled to Bombay, from Bombay to Rishikesh. And so I had the good fortune of being with Sri Prabhupada. Those days Jadavartrabhu also was in Rishikesh. He was filming Srila Prabhupada, like he was uh, Iskhan's filmmaker. <laughs> and I remember some wonderful exchange with Jadavar Prabhupada. Jadavar Prabhu joined the team in Rishikesh. From Rishikesh we went to Vrindavan. So, from Vrindavan, uh, Jadavar Prabhu was about to come back to America. So one day he noticed that I didn't have a watch. I didn't have a watch. So he asked me, you don't have a watch? I kind of jokingly told him, I'm a poor brahmachari. <laughs> and Jadavar Prabhu took off his watch and gave it to me. <laughs> Srila <clears throat> Prabhupada then went to Vrindavan and 
those were the last few months that Srila Prabhupada stayed on this planet. And in this way I had the good fortune of coming close to Srila Prabhupada and be in his very close association rendering some personal service to him. Those days just three of us were serving Srila Prabhupada. Prabhupada practically withdrew himself completely from everything. Only once in a while he would have some meetings with the leading devotees. That also to form some trust and other arrangements. And he would give advice to the leading devotees how to push this movement forward, future. And those days, three of us were serving Sri Prabhupada, Stama Krishna Maharaj, Upendra Prabhu, who was his personal servant, and myself. And so, with the passing of time, <coughs> we will see the glory of Sri Prabhupada. I had the good fortune of perceiving this greatness, the amazing greatness of this most amazing personality from very close proximity. And, and I'm convinced beyond the shadow of doubt that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu actually sent Sri Prabhupada to, to fulfill his prediction. And Sri Prabhupada made the arrangement to ultimate fruition of that prediction. He took it all over the world, but he did not take it to every town and village. But in order to take this movement to every town and village, he made this arrangement. And this arrangement is this International Society for Christian Consciousness, ISKCON. Srila Prabhupada's mission, Srila Prabhupada's legacy will be continuing through this institution, through the collective endeavor of his sincere devotees, sincere followers. Even a few days before Srila Prabhupada left the planet, two very important personalities came to see Srila Prabhupada. One was uh, chairman of a very big industry in India, <clears throat> the other person was the retired governor of, of Tamil Nadu, Sriman Narayan and Ramakrishna Bajaj. And they asked Prabhupada who would be his successor. And Prabhupada's response was, I'm not going to appoint any successor. I give the legacy to all my followers. Whoever follows will have the legacy. So this is how we can see how wonderfully Shri Prabhupada made this arrangement that how this movement will continue to the collective endeavor of all his loyal followers. And it's happening. When Shri Prabhupada left the planet, there were over 108 temples. And today we have more than 650 temples all over the world. <laughs> Generally, after the disappearance of a prominent spiritual leader, 
his institution disintegrates. But that didn't happen with Sri Prabhupada's Khan. Even 50 years after his disappearance, this movement is going strong. His institution is becoming stronger. The number of his followers are increasing. The movement is spreading. And I'm confident that this movement will continue to spread by the divine arrangement of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He is the Supreme Controller. And He is making all these arrangements. So, please get involved. Get involved. Wholeheartedly. If you appreciate Srila Prabhupada's mission, if you appreciate Srila Prabhupada's teachings, then embrace it wholeheartedly and distribute it to others, give it to others. Because the condition of this world is very, very critical. There is no solution to the problems that the world is facing today and the problems are increasing with time. And I can assure you with full conviction that the only solution to the problems is this Krishna Consciousness Movement. I'll ask you all a simple question. How many of you have accepted Krishna Consciousness? Okay. Ever since you have accepted Krishna Consciousness, did the problems increase or decrease? So, your problems are getting solved. Right? How many of you agree with me that your problem. Now, okay, very good point. Your, ever since you have accepted Krishna consciousness, your problems have been solved. Right? This, can I put it this way? If everybody in this world accepts Krishna consciousness, will there be any problem left in this world? Simple, a simple logic like that. So, please accept this movement wholeheartedly for the benefit. None of these political leaders, social leaders, all none, no one will be able to do anything to solve these problems in this world. The only thing that can solve the problems of this world today is this Krishna consciousness movement. So now that you have accepted it, give it to others. Give it to others. And this is how this movement is going to spread. If you're a doctor, say a doctor finds a cure for a disease, when he sees somebody suffering from the disease, what does the doctor do? He gives a medicine to that patient. Now when you have found something that can cure the suffering condition of the people of this world, what are you supposed to do? Yes, even these children are <laughs> Responding so favorably. <laughs> so please uh, accept this uh, process wholeheartedly, embrace it with full conviction, and try to spread. Try to at least help this movement, help this ISKCON movement uh, to progress in a positive way, wherever you are. Please help. We need your help and because through your collective endeavor this is going to happen.
and this is become positive. And mind you, this is a wonderful opportunity that the Supreme Personality of God is offering you. He is giving you an opportunity to get involved in such a way to make your life successful. Thank you all very much. All glory is to Subhas Prabhu mentioned that uh, Jadugar Prabhu is going to show the trailer. Yes, yeah, Subhas Prabhu, you are going to make some announcement. Yeah. yeah I, I, no, please. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. So as we said, Maharaj was just saying that uh, now we're going to show a, a nice uh, clip.